something that I believe if, if you really open up to will bless your future. I am very sure of this. You know, a lot of people say they believe the scriptures. I think possibly the, the trouble is they don't know what the scripture says. And when they even know what the scripture says, some of the things that they've learned from the past, things they've heard people say, words that they heard people say, you know, cloud those things, and they can't really launch out with the word. And I'm encouraging you to do that. Uh, search the scriptures because God has something wonderful for your life. I mean, there's nothing God cannot do. You guys, we know that. And we say that. We say that. Leon, it's good to have you here. I'm sorry, I got to just acknowledge this brother. He just had surgery, uh, and they told him to stay back in, at home and uh, for six weeks. But he told me I'm coming to church. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> this, is, this is your place of rest. Amen for healing. Appreciate you. Today, I want to speak on a message titled, Wealth in the Covenant. Wealth in the Covenant. Wealth is not a dirty word. <laughs> Wealth, that's the, word, that's the word from God. God brought that to be. He wants it for his children, I believe. And I will share with this from the scriptures for you. Don't shy away from it. There is nothing that I read in the scriptures that I shy away from. And I don't care about, I do care about people's opinions. That's if they're fighting what I'm saying, and it's my opinion, that's okay. But when I'm saying something from the scriptures, and you fight it, I, that's your matter. You have to deal with the Lord yourself. But I like to say what I see in the scriptures, and see how God can use his word to bless your life. The purpose is to get results from God. For your life. And that's all I'm after. When I see God doing what he says in his word, in your life I'm fulfilled. I've done my job. But I have to give you the word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You can't have faith in something that you don't know. And when it's clear to you, and as Pastor West said, by revelation, and you begin to act on it, then God will begin to make a way in the wilderness for your life. Jesus said, I came that you may have life, and that you may have it more abundantly. Amen. That's the will of God. A lot of people talk about the will of God. That's the will of God. For you to have life, not when you get to heaven here, for you to have life and have it more abundantly here, and then you go home with it. He who believes the Son has life. You have eternal life. So I want to speak on wealth uh, in the covenant today. Father, Holy Spirit, I just want to thank you. I believe that you've ministered to the hearts of your children. And that you are about to change destinies here this morning in the name of Jesus. And that you are about to pour on your people as you remember your covenant of blessing. To bless the children of God. That the world may know that you are God. And that you truly love. And that you are good. And that your mercy endures forever. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. 
Tanette, it's good to have you here. Appreciate that. You're coming with Irina. She's a pillar in our church. We love her. Question is, is wealth a part of the new covenant that God has with his people today? Is wealth a part of it? We need to know that without a doubt because we need to know the will of God. His wealth a part of it. You know, many people have heard the scripture. Money is the root of all evil. That's not in the Bible. The love of money is the root of all evil. It is the love of money that's the root of all evil. It's not money. But because of the way people feel about it and because of the way the world thinks about it, they're always saying, oh, you're a preacher, how come you got this big house? And how come you got this and now you got that? But you're a preacher, you're a man of God. So we have internalized that and we think that if you're a Christian, you're supposed to be poor. It's not in the word of God. It's not. Don't accept man's opinion. Stay with God's word. You only have one life. This is it. And I'm going to let you know this right of hand. Poverty is oppressive. Poverty is not a good thing. It didn't come from God. It's terrible to be sick. And you know you can go to the doctor and they'll help you, but you can go because you don't have money. That's bad. It's horrible to see your children hungry and you can do anything about it. You've seen all of that on television when you watch kids maybe in Africa somewhere, they have a famine and everybody is hungry and it flies all over. That, that's not God. That's not God. That's evil. And we do whatever we can to help the situation make it better. Poverty is never from God. He's never from God. His wealth in the covenant. The Bible says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. His wealth, a benefit of the kingdom of God today, is it part of the covenant? Are we forgetting one of the benefits? The Bible says, He satisfies my mouth with good things, not good spiritual things. Good things. Things. That's the word of God. He satisfies my mouth with good things. God is not opposed to you having things. He is opposed to things having you. You use things to accomplish his will on the earth. When a man is hurting and they are going through difficulty, they can eat and they know you are a Christian and you all of a sudden walk walk up to them and give them a thousand dollars and they've never been able to make a hundred a week, a thousand dollars, he'll go to church with you. Because that's a great blessing. Especially when you tell them, the Lord said I should give it to you. He says, what Lord? I want to know that Lord that saw this need that I have. Show me this Lord. He's not a curse to be wealthy. He's a curse to be wealthy without Jesus. Jesus. 
So it's part of the covenant. Is this a part of the covenant? You know, the Bible is clear about this now. The Bible says this in, in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19. He says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat of the good of the land. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat of the good of the land. What is that saying? Not the land in heaven. He's talking about this land here. There is good in the land. Hey, there is good in the land for you. You will eat of it. No doubt about it. You will eat of the good of the land. You just need two things. Willing and obedient. Be willing and obedient. Many of us, because of all that we've been taught, we're not willing. God says if you're not willing, you're not going to eat of the good of the land. You're not willing. You think poverty, uh, to be poor is okay. You think, well, this is my situation. All this that the preacher is talking, he's just talking. I'm not accepting that. It doesn't work in my family. We've been this way. Well, you're not willing. Willing and obedient, you will eat. God cannot lie. He can't lie. We need to believe what he says to us. We honor him when we believe what he's saying. Young people, forget everything that they've been saying. Start dreaming of great wealth to help the world. Amen. Why not you? Why not you? Only two things he's asking. Bible says if you can only believe all things are possible all things are possible you can have wealth and be very godly all things are possible you can have wealth and touch the world with it honoring God and God alone giving him glory all things are possible all you need if you can only believe if you are willing and obedient you see the fact that we've been taught differently and I was taught that way poverty is you know good my, my preacher said don't go to school just stay poor and just eat it from the floor that's what they taught us and I internalized those stupid things and, and it affected my life but I found the truth and I'm not staying with that and I don't care about any man's opinion. I stay with what God says. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat of the good of the land. God is calling you into a land that's flowing with milk and honey. And some of us, we're in there and we don't see milk nor And we keep saying, silver and gold, have I not? And what I have, give I to you. Well, you don't have silver and gold. And what such as I have, you don't have either. You need silver and gold. There is a thing called the blessing of Abraham. He runs all the way from the Old Testament to the New Testament. He's called the blessing of Abraham. This is the way God has packaged it for us. He's called the blessing of Abraham. God has packaged this blessing and he called this blessing the blessing of Abraham for every one of his children. The blessing of Abraham. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, and I will go to verse 29 later. But it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. There was a curse upon our, upon our lives. The curse of the law. Christ redeemed us from it. In other words, he separated us from the curse. You're no longer cursed. If there was a curse in your family, it doesn't exist anymore because Christ 
redeemed you from it, separated you from the cross. Don't believe a lie. Believe the truth. He separated you from that curse. He says, having become, notice the word become. Jesus became a curse. Jesus actually became a curse. A curse is an evil thing. Brings evil things towards you. But Jesus separated us from it. So no evil can come towards us anymore. Because he himself became a curse for us. And the Bible says, I'll prove it to you. He hung on the tree. And God has said, anyone who hangs on the tree is cursed. So that's the proof. That was before Jesus came. God said that. So Jesus was that. Fulfilled now because he did it for us. We cannot be cursed. And he says the reason why he did this in verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham. This package. The blessing of Abraham may come upon us. The Gentiles. Are you a Gentile? Yes I am. I'm qualified for that blessing. And God cannot lie. So all I need to know is, what is this blessing of Abraham? How do I get into this blessing of Abraham? And what will he do for me? Amen? I want to know. He became a curse for us, so that we will inherit the blessing, God, this package called the blessing of Abraham. Would you say with me, Abraham's blessings are mine? (laughs) Abraham's blessing is mine. Because God wanted you to have it. He gave his son on the cross so you can be a part of this blessing. Why refuse it? Why forget this benefit of the cross? Why forget it? Why lean on your own understanding? Why lean on your your own abilities? And everything and your education and all of that. You can do it yourself. He said if you are willing, just two things. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat of the good of the land. It's by a miracle from God. He is the miracle worker. Amen. He is the miracle worker. He will work this miracle in your life. If you believe. If all things are possible. If you believe. To him who believes. If you can only believe. Jesus said. Not if you are, can only believe and have high education. There are poor doctors. That's true. There are poor individuals in every profession. There are poor engineers, there are rich engineers. There are rich actors and poor actors. They can pay their bills. Every profession. There are rich pastors and poor pastors. You know them. So that's, it's not, it's not yours. It's not yours to work on his, to give. If you will only believe. It says that the blessing of Abraham, this package may come upon us, might come upon us, the Gentiles, in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, the promise of the Spirit is what gets you into the blessing of Abraham. That's the vehicle. Amen? Yes, God promised this. And in verse 29, he says, and if you are Christ... If you belong to the Lord Jesus, then you are Abraham's seed. And if you are Abraham's seed, this is part of your inheritance. Amen. I like that. You are part of the inheritance. He says you are an heir to the promise. The promise is the blessing of Abraham. 
the blessing of Abraham. Jesus became a cross for us. Now, he became, take note of the word become, and see it in another scripture, in Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8, see it, uh, chapter 8 verse 9, see it in this scripture, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, For yet for your sake, he became poor. That you, through his poverty, might become rich. Huh. And some people say, well, he's talking about spiritual uh, wealth, spiritual riches. Yeah. Are you saying Jesus was spiritually poor? You can say that. Jesus was never spiritually poor. Even while he was on the cross, he was not spiritually poor. He's not talking about spiritual things. He became poor. We're talking about money, wealth. He became poor that we might become rich. And Paul was actually talking about collection, taking an offering, just like Pastor West did for us. He was actually talking about taking a collection, and he was reminding them, hey, remember, this is what Jesus has done for us. Why can't we believe it? Why are you leaning on your circumstances? Why are you leaning on your background? Why are you leaning on what's happened to you until now? Why won't you change your mind? The Bible says renew your minds. Think differently. The blessing of Abraham. You know, Isaac, the son of Abraham, experienced the blessing of Abraham. And it was really marvelous to him. Did a great work. And before he passed on, he wanted to transfer the blessing of Abraham to Jacob. So he called Jacob. And then we're going to do that after the service. I want you to come now. I'm believing God. I have a reason for doing this. I'm believing God to bless every one of you. Every one of you. Every family here. There's nothing that's impossible with God. I'm trusting God when we speak the word over you. Life and death are in the power of the word. As you accept it, something will begin to happen in the heavenlies. Angels will be dispatched to start working for you. It may not be overnight, but you're going to get there. You're going to get there. Because God will bless the Ark Fellowship and bless our mission. Yes, we want to reach out to the world, but it takes money. It takes money. We want to reach everywhere. We want to build. If it's possible, why not us? We can build hospitals and reach people. But it takes money. But I have to ask the Lord and believe Him for it. And ask him and believe it for him. Believe him for everything. And guess what? He is going to do it. I'm not going to die. <laughs> I will be here until these things are fulfilled. Amen. Because God is true to his word. I'm not going to depend on somebody. Let's look at who is in the congregation and who has money. Who cares? God will bring it through you. Amen. If, if you don't want him to bring it through you, it's too late. You, why did you show up at the Ark Fellowship? It's too late. Amen. But we speak the word so you can have faith in the word. Young people, I'm talking to you. Don't never think poverty. We'll come into that. Because what a man is, the way he thinks. We got to kill that thing. 
God is not opposed to you being wealthy. He is opposed to wealth having you. That's the only thing. He doesn't want them. He, he wants you to have money. He doesn't want money to have you. It's your tool to use for the world. But we've accepted the lie all this time. And so all the channels of blessings, so many channels, they have been blocked. Because two cannot work together unless they are being in agreement. We have not been in agreement with God. So he couldn't do anything for us. But change your mind today, amen? Change your mind today and begin to believe God for something greater than yourself. Don't just think about your family and you alone. I got a good car. I got a good home. I'm happy. It's more, life is more than you having a, a good car and a good health. There are people to reach around the world. You'll be more satisfied when you give to reach them. Amen? You will be. It's the blessing of Abraham. This is what Isaac, um, Isaac did. He, he called Jacob in Genesis chapter 28, verse 3 and 4. He says, may God Almighty bless you. And make you fruitful. This was before Isaac departed. And multiply you. That you may be an assembly of people. That's what's going to happen to the Ark Fellowship. Can you say amen? That says an assembly of people. All over. Peoples. All over. Here in the United States. In China. Like the prophesied over Angela. In Nigeria. In Kenya. It will be peoples. Assembly of peoples. He says, and give you, what did he call it? The blessing of Abraham. We just read in Galatians chapter 3 that Jesus was made a curse for us so that we can be a part of the blessing of Abraham. Here we have Isaac praying for his son who is going to take over his position in the blessing of Abraham. And he says, may the Lord give you the blessing of Abraham. May the Lord baptize me this morning with the blessing of Abraham and may I never recover. Amen. May the, God, may the Lord knock you over with the blessings of Abraham and you'll never recover. In Jesus' name. This is the truth. Sometimes we put our nose and up there, we say we are holy and religious. That's being religious. A lot of people have been driven, and people who know that the, the value of money, they can do things, and then they see Christians saying, well, we ought to be poor. They don't want to go to church. Because going to church means they have to become poor. Well, we are giving them a false doctrine. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land. The trouble is we have not been willing until now. Amen. Thank God we are willing today. That's why we suffered. All of this stuff of getting right, doing what is right to, to, before God, and walking the narrow path. Why? It's forgot the channels of blessings to be opened upon our lives. The blessing of the Lord, what does He do? It makes war rich. And God doesn't add any sorrow to it. The blessings of the Lord, if God is blessing you, guess what? You'll be rich. That's, that's according to the scriptures. If God has chosen to bless you, just like He blessed Abraham, guess what the outcome will be? You will be rich. Whether you like it or not, if God is chosen to bless you, he'll drag you along. You'll be rich, whether you like it or not. But for us, New Testament, the word that was spoken to them did not profit them. Why? It was not mixed with faith. He had to mix that word with faith. 
take what you hear, mix it with faith, and insist that as long as the Lord lives, and as long as you're serving Him, you will, you refuse to be poor. And the channels will begin to open. People will begin to call. They have, and they want you part of it. They want to help you. They just, they just like you. Amen? Amen. They'll give. They'll help you and bake you. <laughs> Who says God cannot do that? Give you the blessing of Abraham. Abraham was really blessed. In Genesis 24, verse 1, it says, Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age. <laughs> that well advanced in age, that's another blessing. And I'm holding on to that blessing. Amen? Amen. Because like I tell, I told my kids, I want to see my grandchildren before I go. Amen. I, I want to run after them. Even if I can run very fast, I'll still run after them. <laughs> Amen. My daughter says, I want you to be around. I said, don't worry about that. I will be around. I will be around strong. I won't be taking my dentures off my teeth now, kid. <laughs> hey, Sonny, come over here. <laughs> Cut it out, Ines. <laughs> but seriously, though, God wants you wealthy. He wants you wealthy. He says, now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Spiritually, he was flying, doing so good. High. With the eagles. Materially, he was doing good. That's the blessing of Abraham. His son, Isaac, he was doing good. That's the blessing of Abraham. God had blessed him in all things. That's what we're referring to. That was what Isaac was referring to. The blessing of Abraham. Isaac experienced the blessing of Abraham as a a son. And then he was passing that blessing over. He had experienced it. I want to experience the blessings of Abraham here. When on this earth. You should too. You know, Abraham's servant said, look, I need you to find a a bride for my my son. And please, I don't want these Canaanites. Go over there. (laughs) That's why, you know, young people, you don't want the Canaanites for your wife. Amen. (laughs) You marry inside the church. Amen. (laughs) You marry inside the church. Don't go say, I'm going to convert these Canaanites. Yeah, and then after I've converted the Canaanites, we'll get married. It sometimes don't work very well that way. The Canaanite is still a Canaanite. <laughs> but he said, go get me a wife for, for my son. And the guy went and got, he prayed to the God of Abraham. And the God of Abraham granted. And he found this woman, Rebecca. And uh, he was saying, it was a stranger saying to this family, and they knew, Laban knew Abraham, knew of Abraham. He says, I want this girl to go with me to my master. And then he started bragging on his master. And this was what, what he said, verse 35. 
Genesis 24. He said, the Lord has blessed my master greatly. Not only blessed my master, he has blessed my master greatly. And he has become great. And he has given him flocks. That means one set of business. And herds. That's another set of business. He said, God has blessed him greatly. He has silver and he has gold. He is rich. He is loaded. That's what he was saying. He says, even I will, he has a lot of employees, male and female servants. I mean, I'm telling you, my master is loaded. Employees all over the place. I am one of them. He sent me. And he says, and he has camels as well. That's Rolls Royce and Bentleys in their time. What, what, what is, we'll be telling somebody about having camels. Say, hey, in our day, if you tell somebody, we have, my master is rich, he has camels. Say, what is that? You're gonna eat it or what? Are we in the desert here? But in your time, to have a camel was something great. You have to be really wealthy to have one. So he's bragging. He's got Rolls Royce and Bentley's camels. And he has donkeys, those are Mercedes Benz and Lexuses and all of that. He got all of them. <laughs> Give me your daughter. Amen. God needs wealth in your hand. He needs it. It's just what way God is. He wants that in your hand. And the way to find it is, is to look at scriptures and stay with scriptures. What God says in his word. Amen. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18. God is giving power to get wealth. Sometimes we think power to get wealth is I become a doctor. No. My wife tells me about doctors. They are really stupid. No <laughs> and they've been working and they work and they make good money. <laughs> but boy, it is nothing there. There's nothing there. They can get jobs anytime. <laughs> when you're around them, you're wondering, <laughs> God, how did this man become a doctor or something or a woman? It's frightening. God says in, in, in verse 18, Deuteronomy 8, He says, And you shall remember the Lord your God. What does He want you to remember? The Lord, who's God? Your God. Your God. He's the Lord your God. Remember the Lord your God. For it is He, God, who gives you power to what? Get wealth. God is the one who gives you power to get wealth. If wealth is a dirty thing, why will God give you power to get a dirty thing? If wealth is not God's will, why will God give you the power to get wealth? This is his design. He wants you to get wealth. He gives you the power to become a child of God. He gives you the power to become wealthy. This is God's word. And for a purpose. It says that 
He gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers. So God will establish his covenant with wealth in your hands. So I need to be wealthy. That's what Pastor Wells was talking about. We need to preach the gospel all over the world. Establish the government of God all around the world. Money is needed. I want to go to Nigeria. We want to preach. We're going in October. Uh, October. We're living here October 9th and October 13th, I believe. It costs every individual going at least $2,000. And I told our staff, if I have the money in our congregation right now, I'll pay for everybody to go. We just want to go do work for God. It takes money to reach out to these people. And if we go there, when we go there and we minister, people will get saved. Those who are uh, idol worshippers now follow the Lord Jesus. They now have confidence in God. They are happy, they are joyful, and they are discipled. And then they reach out to other people who are growing the kingdom of God. But it takes money. Somebody has to go in there to minister to those people. So God says, you, I need money to in your hands to establish the covenant with you. You need to make a covenant between you and your God. John Debbie, when he was here, the evangelist shared that with us. You need to have a personal covenant with God, you and your family. And let God know, in this covenant, you are the stronger one. You are the wealthy one. You own everything. I'm the weaker one of the covenant. And, but I know because I have you in this covenant, I will never know lack. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Do we believe that scripture? But we need to activate those scriptures in our lives so that God can begin to pour it to us. We give you this so you can walk. I do this because I know everyone in the Ark Fellowship is going to be wealthy. Does everyone know everyone who believes? Everyone who believes. Everyone who believes. And it's according to God's word. He wants to establish his kingdom. Now, in Zechariah chapter 1 verse 17, it tells us there that Basically, God says, again, proclaim. You said it before, but I want you to proclaim, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, My cities, my kingdom, my cities shall again spread out. How? Through prosperity. And then you want to say, wow, what, is it not through the Holy Ghost? Yes, through the Holy Ghost, but prosperity in your hand. My cities will again spread out through prosperity. The Lord will again comfort Zion, comfort the Ark, the Ark Fellowship, will again choose the Ark Fellowship. Amen? So we can reach out to the world. We want to spread the gospel around the world. But it's only through prosperity. God wants it in your hands so the world can be spread out. So now that we know that, what must we do? How are we going to activate the blessings of Abraham? It's already ours. Notice the word, the blessing of Abraham. It's the blessing of Abraham. It covers everything. Everything. Your children, your education, your retirement. You know, a lot of people worried about their retirement. It covers everything. If you have a billion dollars in the bank, you won't be worried about retirement, would you? 
It covers everything. So what must we do? First thing, this is what activates everything. Believe the gospel. Believe the gospel. The gospel is good news. Jesus said the thief does not come but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. You mean when we get to heaven? No. Here. Is the thief in heaven? No. The thief is right here. The thief is not going to steal from you in heaven. So Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly here on earth. Now I'll let you know this. It's not life when you know you have to be at work at 8 o'clock and your car is not working. You don't feel good. You know you ought not to be late. They warned you before. But your car will not start. You know you need a, a new car but you're powerless to get one. You're going to feel good? Where is your joy? Jesus said, ask that you might receive, that your joy may be full. So receiving these things will bring fullness of joy in your life. All I'm trying to say is to convince you, believe the word of God. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't begin to dream about how is God going to do it. Once you say that, that's unbelief speaking. Don't begin to wonder, okay, maybe I should go to school, maybe I should do this. Just believe the gospel. Believe that God wants to bless you. Believe that you, God is your shepherd and you will not want. Believe Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, that God has a glorious future for you. Something will happen. It may not happen overnight. But if you don't let go of that word of God, that word will make you. You can't carry yourself, but the word of God will carry you. If you stay with the word, it will carry you. This book does not lie. There's no need for you to come and sit down here for about two hours to hear something that is not going to benefit your life. I know this book can change your life. This book can cause miracles to come into your life. And all God is asking, believe, if you can only believe. All things are possible. But the enemy doesn't want you to believe. He, share, he begins to share with you all of the negative circumstances in your life. And why God will not listen to you. That God, yes, God truly wants to bless everyone. But you happen, you happen to be one of those that he is not willing to bless. He's going to want you to know that. But you need to stick with what God says. And accept what God says and refuse to yield. Joshua 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You must meditate in it day and night. Then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. So when the negative circumstances and the negative thoughts come at you, you say, no, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You believe the gospel. Not in your head. It's right there in your heart. You know your future. Because God has called you just like he called Abraham. You are called by God just like he called Abraham for blessing. So you must believe the gospel. Believe that God wants to bless you. Believe that Jesus was a curse for you. And that he became a curse so that you can become wealthy according to the word of God. We need to believe the word. Not our opinions, not the way we feel. 
Amen? Second thing, and we'll close with this. Believe the gospel and then change the way you think. Change the way you think. You must stop thinking in terms of want. And that's easier said than done. Because if you've been around it all your life and you always have to scratch, struggle hard before you can do something, you are programmed to think that this is the way it will always be. And once the enemy has programmed you to think that way, the Bible says as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. There's nothing is going to change. That's why the Bible says begin to renew your mind. Begin to think. Who's going to stop you from dreaming? Begin to think and dream and dream. God is going to bring me out of this. And you can imagine the ways he, 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 he used. They may not be the way, but at least he's bringing some hope in your life. You're beginning to stand up tall inside of you. And as you think in your heart, that's what God is going to confirm. We must change. That's what the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12. We must renew our minds. Why? Because we have all these negative things that the enemy is thrown at us. Making us believe that we can never excel. But there's no way we can do it. You got all of these things against you. You are not educated. You have an accent. And all of that kind of stuff. You're not going to make it. Don't you see? You go beyond that. And you begin to stay with the word of God. No. I think in terms of what God says. It's not just dumb. There are great ministers. I can become great too. God will make it happen. Not by my own abilities. But with his ability. I can become. Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 20. Very, very important. Change the way you think. What you think can transform your whole life, your whole circumstances. Change the way you think. Don't hang around people who are, who think negative thoughts and speak negative things and believe this is the way it is. It can never happen. How is it going to happen? Don't be around those kind of people. You can actively separate yourself from those people. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, Now to him, that's to God, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. You see, there is a power at work inside your life, according to the power that is at work in us. There is a power at work inside of you. And that power only latches on to what you think or what you're asking from God. (laughs) What's coming out of your mouth and what's going on inside your mind. If you are thinking wealth for God... Not so you can brag. (laughs) Wealth for God. We're going to go over here and do these things for God. God will give us the money. I'm going to dream about this. God is going to do where God will. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think. Boy, I can think a lot more of things than I can express in words, I'm telling you. Many times I've, you know, I'm praying and, I, you know, I'm not able to speak it. We have a language called Pidgin English in Nigeria. 
um, it's a language I grew up with, not English. And, and in, when I get really desperate, I, I, I pray in English, but then I quit. Because the pressure is really hard, I start praying to God in pidgin English. Because I can't really express myself. You know, in this English, I have so much in me, so let me give him pidgin English. I really mean business this time. Amen. <laughs> but you can do more with your thoughts. Amen? Amen? You can do more with your thoughts. I can't be praying for every seat, you know, to be full. And you touch the seats one by one, you know. But I can see it all in my mind at one time. Amen? That's why God is able to do exceedingly abundantly. What that is, is you are giving God the blueprint with which to build. Amen. That's what you're doing. Every blueprint came from the, a man's mind. Amen. From the mind. You give him the blueprint. Jesus said, what do you have? What do you have? Give me. You got to give him your five loaves of bread. Amen. He multiplies it, gives it back to you. But you got to give him something. Amen. Well, in terms of wealth, give him something. Let it come from your mind. Amen? And we're talking about, we have about eight or more things that we're going to be sharing to activate God's blessings on our lives. So would you stand up with me this morning? <laughs> God is going to bless you, every one of you. And I pray that your heart be in agreement with me today. I tell you what, when, when God is blessing you mightily, you know, you know it's coming from Him, guess what? You'll be very careful the way you live. You know why? <laughs> because you don't want the channel blocked. Amen. <laughs> You're very concerned. When you do something wrong, say, oh, God, please forgive me. I, I need to get right. I don't need that channel blocked. It sanctifies us. Amen. Amen. I need you all to come up here. I'm going to pray these words over you. And I need you, please come up. We've got a good place here. And I'm going to speak the words that Isaac spoke over Jacob. And may it be unto you according to your faith. If you are ready today in your heart that this is not all, this is not about me anymore. Don't get locked in your employment. I ask for somebody. Don't get locked in your employment. Because God has something bigger for you. You've looked at that as your source. But God is saying, that's not your source. I have something bigger for you. It may be difficult at first. But when that blessing begins to pour on you, you will know that this is from the Lord. I may not speak these words over you. Please receive, because it's the word of God. And as we speak those words, if your mind keeps going back to your job and all of that, you, you haven't gotten anything this morning. God is bigger than your job. God is bigger than everything that's happening in your life today. I need you to trust God with me. I want, my desire is to see this happen. And I will see it. Because I believe the word. I will see it. God is not a liar. He's told us the truth. Amen. So I'm going to speak this. Would you put your hands out to the Lord this morning? You are making a covenant with him in this word. Okay.
say those words, you're making a covenant with him in your heart before you, between you and your God. And something great. The angels will be dispatched today from heaven to start working on your behalf and start creating that path through the wilderness for your prosperity. Some of you, your life, your lifestyle and the way you live will begin to change. It's grace from heaven because God now has an assignment and you are on that right path. Amen? May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may be an assembly of peoples. That's your family. Yes. An assembly of peoples. And give you the blessing of Abraham to you and to your descendants with you. That you may inherit the land in which you are a stranger. Even though you are born in the United States, yet this is your land. But spiritually, you are a stranger. You are just going through. Your real land is heaven. But God will give you the goods of this land in Jesus' name. That you may inherit the land in which you are a stranger. Which God gave to your father. The blessing of Abraham. He gave it to Abraham. May the Lord be with you. May the Lord multiply his goodness to you. May the Lord show you his favor. From this very day, may unusual things for good begin to happen in your life. To get you excited about your God because he is with you. May you feel his presence when you go to sleep. May you feel his presence when you rise. May you feel his presence as you go about your business. May his words, may his thoughts be available to you every moment, every minute, every second. Thank you, Father. Lord, I bless your people in your name today. I know because I've done this in your name, it is so. It is so. It is so. Your name be magnified in their lives. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. 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 Expect a great blessing. Amen.